0: You're listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie Benton, company culture coach and founder of Liberty Mind, and I want to inspire people to create progressive company cultures where our human potential can thrive. In this podcast, I talk to organizations, thought leaders, and change makers about the impact of company culture. Together, we can make it thrive. This season is sponsored by Semco Style UK. The Semco Style framework is a practical approach which helps organisations create a human-centred workplace and brings a proven method to enable you to shape how people experience work. Whether you're looking to transform your business for success, become more resilient to the challenges of an ever-changing world, or create a culture that delivers more engaged people, the Semco Style methodology can help you on your way. Are you ready to discover the tools to transform your organisation? Visit semcostyle.co.uk Hi everyone and welcome back to Make It Thrive Season 11, where we're getting under the bonnet of progressive organisations and discovering what it is that they do differently. I'm hoping that this season is perhaps inspiring some experiments and encouraging you to try something new in your own organisation. As you've probably heard, the realm of progressive organisations is incredibly collaborative and supportive. People love to share what they're doing and help others on their own pathway. So I would highly recommend that you do reach out to our guests and to ask them questions as you never know how it might shape your own journey. On today's podcast, I have the honor of chatting with Kirsten Buck from PTHR. PTHR is a connected, collaborative enterprise of conscious business activists with audacious dreams framed by their mission, better business for a better world. I know that's something I can get behind. PTHR's purpose is to transform teams and the way they operate, to help people flourish in their work. PTHR is a certified B Corp, four-day workweek employer, Flexa accredited, recently shortlisted on Inspiring Workplaces 2023 within EMEA, and amongst a number of other accolades. The list really is quite long, but today I'm joined by Kirsten Burke, Chief Futures Officer at PTHR kirsten is a semco style expert co-chair of be local scotland former trustee and current member of the european organization design forum a proud fellow of the rsa and a keen writer Kirsten also made chapter contributions to Perry Tim's second book, The Energised Workplace, and co-authored Cranfield School of Management's Progressive Organisation Design Modules. I can safely say that this episode is full of so much rich experience thanks to Kirsten's passion and commitment to shaping work, and we cover so much today including transformation, experimentation, entrepreneurship, and of course self-management. So let's dive in. Hi Kirsten and
1: welcome to Make It Thrive. Hello Lizzie, thank you so much for having me, I'm really happy to represent PTHR.
0: Oh well, it's been a long time coming I think, having you on the podcast and um, before we get into things I would love for you to maybe just give a bit of a background about PTHR and of course your lovely self because I think you have lots of interesting things to share with us as well. Um, So do you want to just tell the audience a bit more about PTHR and, and your role there and what you bring? Absolutely. So
1: PTHR, an acronym for people in transformational HR, we're a niche consultancy very much specializing in OD, so organization design and development. And we work predominantly with HR teams, but not exclusively. And it's all around upgrading the operating system. So really creating teams where people can flourish. And we're a big believer in people centric, planet focused and creating prosperity rather than profit. Mm -hmm. So I'd say that's absolutely key in all the work we do.
0: Amazing. I love I love the philosophy of the PTHR as well, that it's not just about people, but planet. I think that kind of really separates you guys from a lot of other organisations that are doing organisational development. And tell us more about you, Kirsten. Yeah, that's always the harder part. So <laughs> um, so I'm
1: Kirsten Buck and um, my role at PTHR is Chief Futures Officer. So within that is strategy ESG, impact, upholding our culture, very varied and broad, but that's what I love about working in a, in a smaller team, if I'm honest with you. So I've been working with PTHR for four and a half years now. Um, and I'd say I'd ha- I've had quite a non-linear career journey. So I studied politics and economics. So I've always been really interested in systems, how the world works and making it better. I'd say that I've learned that naive, naivety doesn't get you so far. Um, and through my work experience, so I've worked in FMCG, energy sector, creative agencies. And I think the common theme throughout over the last 12, 13 years has been client interfacing, um, consulting in different areas, brand strategy, for example, now OD, Um, working in agile ways always kind of had a bit of an allergy to hierarchy so when I reconnected with Perry Timms the founder of PTHR and he was a client of mine in 2012 reconnected in 2019 it really felt like I'd been on the journey I needed to be to then be able to really contribute
0: to the work Perry and PTHR was doing. Amazing and I love what you just said there an allergy to (laughs) <laughs> hierarchy I think there's a common theme of that on this podcast so, yes. <laughs> so you're in a good place
1: <laughs> I think you can be turned off as well so I think
0: <laughs> amazing and of course kind of the reason why I wanted to kind of get you onto the podcast was because um PTHR is a self-managing entity and very much this podcast is all about trying to get under the bonnet of what does that look like in practice and how does that feel because it can feel really abstract when we talk about it so I suppose kind of starting off the journey what was kind of the first step that PTHR took to become more self-managing and what was kind of the intention behind that? Sure so
1: yeah big question and um, I think abstract is a really good way to describe self-management because even when you mention it people are thinking what actually is that in practice Um, so I should have also said that prior to PTHR I'd never worked in a self-managed team or self-managing organization and i'd heard about it ish i'd always looked at alternatives you know challenging conventional leadership um but i didn't know how it'd be in practice so when i joined pthr and um, i was as delivered through the post a copy of Fred Fred lulu's and reinventing organizations so pthr is self-managed but also really inspired by teal which i know that you're really familiar with lizzie so that whole concept of self-management wholeness and evolutionary purpose so that's kind of the induction to pthr or certainly part of the onboarding so that gave me an understanding of of where we aspired to be um and from the outset the one rule is really clear the only rule we have at pthr is that we are self-managed and always have been always will be. So with that, when I joined, to be honest, I didn't have much guidance, apart from understanding that I did have some guidance, but I could operate in this space and shape my own tasks, shape what my days looked like as long as I was meeting these objectives, which I was actually also shaping by myself. But I do think that our individual connection to self management is different. And that's where perhaps it's more abstract to some people than others. Mm -hmm. And so going back sort of to my previous career experience and even before that at school um, I did a lot of competitive sports so I feel like I always had like intrinsic motivation and I always had to juggle things and I was really fortunate that my parents let me make my own decisions and pretty bad mistakes to be honest with you but I think that set me out for kind of bonding with self-management at PTHR.
0: And I know you asked me another part of that question. <laughs> <which> I <haven't> <laughs> <said>. <laughs> no, I love that, because like you say, it's um, and I love the fact that the induction is reinventing organizations like really. like what what an induction to have, right? Um, yeah, but I suppose like you say, it's that that personal adjustment to it. and what what was your initial thoughts when you got that through the post and you read that? What I'd love to know more like when you read that what was your kind of initial of like, oh, okay. Sure, so at the time I had
1: a five month old. So I thought, oh goodness, a book, I'm gonna have no time to read this right now. But then I turned a page and I thought, lovely, there's amazing illustrations. It's really like bite-sized chunks, so digestible. And I was really keen to relate my experiences to the different stages. Um, So it resonated and it just made sense to me. And especially with the climate crisis, which is maybe something we'll touch on later. It's part of my role, sustainability in ESG. But evolutionary purpose is absolutely key. Like we need
0: to all be thinking in a different way um, to, to meet what's needed in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I agree with you when it's, you know, when we talk about self-management, I always joke with people like, oh, you know, we shouldn't talk, we shouldn't say self-management, like, the, like Fight Club, like the one rule about self-management is you don't talk about self-management. because <laughs> It's like so confusing to people. But what do you think people's misconceptions are most, that you hear most when you're kind of explaining the way you guys work to people? What's often a common misconception that you hear?
1: Sure, so I think people think that they'll lose control if they move into a self-managed space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would almost say if you need to control your colleagues like that, what are you actually doing for your day job? Like you're, you're focusing so much energy concerned with what other people are doing, which is even stopping you from doing your job. Um, so yeah, I think that state of chaos perhaps is also a misconception. So going into like an unruly state of people just doing what they want, but it, if you have a good self-managed system, People are open, and yeah, there's that trust and autonomy. And from that, people get greater joy in their work.
0: So, mm. you know, it leads to better results. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to us, it just seems like a no brainer, right? <laughs> but right, yeah. yeah. And I think, though, it's
1: really good for me working with clients who are perhaps working in more traditional hierarchies and, and looking to upgrade that in some way because it makes you realize like how good we've we got it at PTHR, you know, it's certainly been transformative for me. Um, I feel like such a sense of purpose that I didn't feel so much before And with respect to my past experiences, like there were pockets of real joy and obviously every experience is a learning one, but I really feel like this system suits me. And I, I think, you know, I can also speak to my colleagues and that we, we know we have a special place where we can truly develop mm. um, and be our whole selves at work as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a very unique approach. And I think one of the other things is, you know, that it like you mentioned there, it's it's working in a different way. And and we are sometimes biased by what we experience because we see firsthand the benefits of working in this way. And it's really hard to kind of adjust slightly when clients are still working in a very sort of top-down hierarchical way, and you kind of have to kind of have to wear two lenses at the same time and that can be quite challenging um yeah and I think it's like don't knock
1: it until you try it but to try it feels like a leap too far especially when life is busy and there's jobs to do and actually you know you asked that question around misconceptions of self-management I actually think it's similar to misconceptions around working from home and why a lot of leaders have kind of gone back to working in the office because they fear that lack
0: of control and maybe they don't fully trust their people which is a really sad state of affairs yeah no yeah preach I 100% agree (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah it is isn't it because there's so much opportunity for different ways of working now you know we we have the technology we have the tools we have so much at our disposal more than we've ever done and yet we're still defaulting to really controlling ways of working and and controlling systems and it just doesn't really make sense
1: yeah. And even like the nine to five routine, you know, five days a week, Henry me forward to 1920s, you know, that's what a lot of organizations just are really connected to. And it's kind of
0: like, why challenge the status quo and make it better, not just for your
1: colleagues, but for, for you as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, one thing that I, I personally struggled with, even when I was kind of, you know, I, I'm a big believer that, um, you know, practice what you preach really, you know, live your philosophy. And even when I was kind of trying to really embed this way within myself, it's amazing how much like the mindsets of those ways of working are, are just by default and kind of that that guilt even you know if, if I when I hadn't worked to nine till five like when I first started Liberty Mind and I was like I haven't worked nine to five today and I had this kind of like guilt within me I was like what is that about do you know what I mean it's like that's some real conditioning there I mean have you ever had an experience like that where you're like wow, this is this is the conditioning that's happened because of these really outdated systems that I've been working in.
1: Interesting, I, I'd say to begin with no. Um, so PTHR is also really fantastic in that 80% of our team are working moms or carers. So we're very flexible. Um, you know, I have colleagues that work six hours a week right through to 30 hours a week. So we're a four day week employer. Um, I'd say when I was working fewer hours, I had a very vague brief, <laughs> and which I really like having, by the way, that's not a complaint. And I kind of just do it. But as the hours crept up, very aligned to my availability with, you know, my son and his his childcare, um, I do feel sometimes if it's complex, I default to a colleague to ask a question or get a bit more guidance. But I don't know if that's a bad thing. I think that's actually part of the learning path as well because yeah. we don't know everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and being able to ask for help. I think that's one of the the misconceptions actually is that when we think about self-management, well, although it has an individual aspect to it, it is very much about the team and kind of yeah. the very collective sense of working rather than that kind of siloed competitiveness that we see kind of in traditional workspaces. So I think there is that kind of, that dance between you as an individual but then the kind of the team and the collective needs and working together
1: that's some nice vivid imagery actually the dance that's really nice I've never thought of it like that um but yeah you're right and something that we've been exploring in the last um, few months is abundance mindset so I think a lot of people know about growth mindset which you know we're really big on but actually viewing us as a collective rather than things that benefit the individual mm. and that's been really powerful and especially for me to get quite candid you know um, I'm a competitive person doing sport and I always like to do well so I feel like I have been on a exploration
0: actually as to how I can be more abundant and um, to make me a better team player oh, I love that see this is what I love about PTHR you guys like pick topics and do such <laughs> fascinating stuff with it I'm always just like that is so cool I mean who else it's talking about abundance mindset in their workplace yeah well to be fair we did actually have a wonderful external
1: speaker come in and talk to us about abundance mindset so I can't really take credit for that but it definitely triggered something in us and we thought we need to evolve we need to consider this as part of our practices and this will
0: help us become yeah
1: have a, have a stronger culture
0: amazing I just love it so much and I suppose my, my kind of in terms of like with ideas like that and how you execute those and experiment though with those in t- internally what's kind of like the building blocks I suppose what are the kind of foundations and, and things that really hold this self-management together for you guys because that's clearly one of the areas that that you guys work within within this experimentation and kind of you know um you know I was very grateful to be part of your summer school as well so you know I know that there's practices that you guys do but what would you say is the kind of the building blocks and the foundations for how you work Sure. So yeah, shout out
1: first of all to Lizzie who came and actually did a a TEAL session with us during our summer school. It was uh, really fantastic. Um, In terms of building blocks, going back to our only rule being we will be self-managed. I think as the team has grown, um, and I should say it wasn't until 2020. So PTHR was established in 2012. And in 2020, that's where the team really grew. So from a team of three to a team of seven. And I'd say that's where a lot of our self-management practices Start to see those building blocks and absolutely a lot of that came from perry the founder so the source so i'd say that he didn't just role model but he soul modeled um and that's really from how he showed up during the COVID pandemic and supported us and his ability to be authentic really meant that we could be um which is a really important part to establish trust and um, so that was a really important sort of intangible building block I'd say that our mission um, and our principles and our shared belief and understanding of those are really important. So I know principles can be a bit fluff and guff, but they really mean something to us. So we have eight. uh, I can name a few mainly because I probably can name all eight. No, I'm joking. I think I could actually (laughs) name them. But what's really nice is I know for all of us a couple of principles resonate more. So for me, the principle that we're about more than profit is really important. And um, also the principle of self-determination, which speaks to self-management. And then another that's really important to me is justice and belonging, and mm-hmm. um, which is what we try to have, you know, within our culture. And then we were fortunate um, albeit you know there's a lot of heartbreak for people globally during the pandemic, but it gave us the time to really build together the blocks for what self-management is and still is at pthr so one of the things we did is is we um met virtually you know we're geographically dispersed and we used a, a mural board a blank canvas and it was all around shaping our team agreements social contract team charter you've heard all of those terms and the question very much was how how do we show up and how are we accountable to each other and it was really useful. And every year we've iterated on that as a team. And um, we do pulse check surveys on it to actually check we're meeting all of those agreements. Now, over the last year, we've actually had to take that a step further. Um, and using a Semco style practice, we actually mapped it further on to a, a different lens. So looking at how they relate to sort of like HR policies and guidelines, systems and regulations, performance. Um, and the other component, culture and behaviours, so that so yeah, sometimes things need to, these building blocks need to evolve, um, and go through some more practices that we have, if you like, that really set out kind of the cornerstones. So we have paired working. Now we're not shy in drawing inspiration from other self-managed organisations. So our paired working is very much inspired by Menlo Innovations, and um, in America, so a software development company. And I remember in 2020 they opened their virtual doors to us and we got to have a really cool look inside. Um, And from then, we declared that we would have business partners. So not business partners in the traditional HR sense, but very much our our mentor or perhaps it would be our mentee and how we connect virtually as well. Speaking of evolution, which we like doing, our our paired working, we now call them our Gemini ways of working. So it is a bit more task focused and less sort of like pastoral care. But, but that feels like really important to us. And then I should also mention our stacks operating model. So we don't have traditional functions and we definitely don't have traditional roles or job titles, but that keeps it fun. Um, but we have stacks. So within the stacks, we have a stack owner and then we have stack supporters, but it's not limited. It's all around dispersed leadership really. So we, within this, we really practice having a leaderful mindset. Um, where everyone can shape their own strategy within that stack as well. And you mentioned also, Lizzie, how nowadays, you know, we have access to tools and platforms like we never have done before. So we can shake up the system of work. And it'd be right to say that we have real intentionality in using our tools. So we have quite a lot um, and it can be overload. I think when new people join the team, to be honest, it was for me. We didn't have as many um, back in late 2019, but they all have a real purpose. and because they have a purpose we can have transparency we can have connection we can even have spontaneity um and from all that I feel we can get some sort of energy even if it is just across the screen for the most part
0: yeah that's just phenomenal even just hearing some of those practices that you've got and I think the few things that I'd love to pick up on there is you know like the intentionality that you've got for what you use like you've mentioned about your tools and your systems and And there's a real intentionality about, okay, why are we using this? What's the purpose behind using this? Because it's really easy to feel like um, everything's kind of like a free-for-all. And something you mentioned earlier as well about the, you know, your norms and boundaries, that being a constant iteration. And again, it's, it's really easy when we're doing this work to... I just think that oh well that's done and dusted and like let's just forget about it but actually it's it's a it's a, it's a living thing right a living thing of our boundaries are constantly changing even as individuals and we learn what's important to us you know it's the same within an organization that ecosystem when things change we also need to look at those so I love how you've said that's a, that's a living thing that we keep going back to. It's not something that's just like, oh, we, we did these principles and we made some rules and then we just kind of left it there. Yeah, no, they're
1: definitely not forgotten about. You know, things have picked up since 2020 as they have for most people. And I would say that it's harder to find time for... This stuff, you know, the internal systems focused stuff, but it's absolutely key because self management is part of our culture. And if we let that slide, then our culture won't be the same. Um, and our culture feels good to us. We need the transparency and connection to flourish. And like you said, practice what you preach. If we're working with teams so that people can flourish, we need to flourish ourselves.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, it's so true. And I suppose one thing that I'd be really interested to know is you know, you've got so many practices and so many ways in which you've sort of challenged changed the status quo the, the things that you guys are doing at PTHR has there been kind of like a moment or an experience where you've gone ah, this is self-management like this this proves the proof in the pudding you know that this is this is something that, that's really bringing this to life for me because this is this is proof of the potential that it creates
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I think there's been a few moments and again, they're probably different for everyone in the team. So speaking to myself, it's probably when we were all given the opportunity to actually create a spin out venture. Um, that was at the end of 2022. So just, or no, I should say summer 2022. Um, Perry invited us all to think about what matters to us um, and if we'd like to yeah shape a, an enterprise within the confines of PTHR so with the support which I just thought was an absolutely incredible opportunity mm-hmm. so we actually again another practice that we've used since then um, we, we used a, a session a digital whiteboard and the brief was think of a spin out venture that connects to pthr's principles or purpose so there is a connection and um, which i think makes sense So again it ties back to that evolutionary purpose so for me it was around sustainability esg um, and looking at a, an mvp a consultancy really helping teams co-create what sustainability is mm-hmm. so that teams can create a truly regenerative culture so the spin out enterprise is called arc um, And it has launched, so that launched in January this year, and we have worked with some clients. Um, Arc is still incubated by PTHR, but part of the process is that after nine months, which we're at now, so it's definitely due to happen, we'll look at what the next evolution for that spin-out enterprise is. I don't know what that will be, but the fact that my purpose was considered in this team and it's not just about the bottom line for PTHR is just incredible, and I've never experienced that anywhere
0: else that is phenomenal it's so I, I yeah just hearing that story and I remember when you kind of announced it and launched it and I was just you know flown away by what you've created because I know that that's a, a, a massive sort of you know calling for you Kirsten around sustainability and ESG so that must have been you know a real moment to kind of bring something to life that you were really passionate about absolutely and like I say, just to have the support of everybody, you know. So, um, some
1: of my some of my colleagues actually helped shape that as well. So, um, I had a brilliant critical friend in Catalina. Um, she was a big part of launching it with me, and still supports me to this day. So, yeah, I'm excited for what the next steps will be. But I very much care about PTHR as well. So, um, part of the the conversation, hi Perry, if you're listening, will be how how both can work. If I'm honest with you, um. But yeah, no, you're right. It's it's very unique to be able to do that. And I know other members of the team are also working on spin-out enterprises, which are very different. Um, so some are more tangible products. But again, it's about diversifying. Um, there's more strength in having different offerings.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's really proof in the pudding that this way of working just breeds that innovative entrepreneurial mindset because, you know, people i'm I'm sure you guys are the same. you know you experience clients who are like, Oh, we need people to be more innovative' and you know they they yeah. use this buzzword all the time, but the space and the opportunity to do that is not there. like they haven't built that within the, their operating system in their culture. so it's like they want people to do that, but they've not actually created the very environment for that to happen. and so here's here's a real evidence that you know being able to provide people with opportunities in this entrepreneurship you know is is a huge kind of benefit to not only you as an individual growing and your growth and opportunities but also to to pthr and and the impact it's wanting to have so it just yeah amazes me that more people aren't doing this
1: yeah and i think like on the contrary you might get people that take up that opportunity to be innovative but then they showcase their idea or their plan and it's not really considered and i think then innovation stagnates because people yeah. have tried and they've just been left feeling like their efforts weren't heard. Mm. Um but the process that we now have in place for these spinout enterprises, which has been shaped, you know, along the along with the launch of ARC, really shows that if you're owning that spin out, you have full autonomy to shape it launch it consider pricing go go win clients and um, create partnerships you know I've got a wonderful partnership now with Ava Morales who's um, a circular economy advisor and yeah I still have the support of PTHR who shares social posts about it and they don't have to that's like above and beyond so it's really nice to
0: have that backing. Mm, absolutely and like you say the the amount of connections that you've been able to make in and just that whole opportunity is because the other thing that I often hear about you know is I have a lot of people a lot of friends who are in still very traditional workplaces as we all do and they feel kind of stuck or trapped somewhere because they've been there for so long they've done the same job role for so long And they they lack a huge amount of confidence to be able to go and do anything different. And there's also no opportunities internally for them to explore anything. So it's almost like they're in this no man's land of their own career of like, well, I don't know kind of where to go next. And there's nothing internally for me to explore or to be able to experiment with things or, you know, be able to bring any of that to life. And it's, it's, I think what I always get really saddened by is, that we all have so much potential to have such an impact, and there is so many ideas within all of us that can really make a difference. But they're all kind of, yeah. Just I suppose the best way to describe it is like they're they're dulled by the 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 current workplace experience, and they're not able to shine their light. Yeah, like yeah, their light their light is dimmed
1: by they feel about work, which is sad because we you know we spend so much time doing this. Um, <laughs> I think for me, why I realize self-management has been transformative is that now when I meet new people um, and they ask, what do you do? I take such pride um, and hope it comes across well <laughs> when explaining what I do. But often they want to hear more, which I think is a really good indication that clearly you're, you light up when you speak about your work. You know, even if they're not actually interested, they want to hear more because they, they can tell that you are passionate about it. Yeah. So yeah, that's the change that it's had for
0: me. Amazing. I suppose on we've we've kind of really talked about all the, all the good stuff about self-management. Yeah. So what is what is the thing that no one really talks about where you're like, okay, the self-management journey? Like I wish people would talk more about this stuff. Like it's the unsaid. What would you say comes up for you?
1: Sure. Yeah, so I'm a well, I'd say I'm a complete idealist. I'd say life has made me more of an optimist. <laughs> <laughs> and certainly there are challenges and you're right we've spoken about a lot of the good stuff and um, this is not a, a tough one so we'll start with the nicer ones <laughs> but I say that you know no one's an expert if people say they're self-management experts they're not because it's very dependent on the people around you the system you're within the external macro challenges that are going on and that's something that I felt change actually within the last four years you know um, cost of living crisis has ramped up climate crisis wars going on it's it's not a great time in the world and that obviously affects the pressure on business organizations and also the internal pressures that people are bringing to work as well and um, so people need to be aware of how they're showing up because to be in a self-managed team you do need to show up authentically and um, as your whole self I think as well when things get busier sometimes it can be harder to give such autonomy to people in a way if there's paced requirements and stuff needs done if that makes sense so sometimes there can be a bit of a a tension there but again through communication and transparency um it can be overcome Mm -hmm. but that's certainly a challenge
0: yeah definitely it's it's interesting because I think there's so many companies who like the idea of doing self-management but it's almost like just having the courage to take that first step is really difficult because there's so many unknowns. And I think that's part of that's part of our kind of fear, right? Whenever we're kind of treading into a new journey, whatever that looks like, the unknowns are the things that cause the most fear. So it's almost like we need to kind of shed light on the things that aren't, you know, aren't being said because that really helps give clarity and and ideas of ways forward. So I really appreciate you sharing those unsaid things
1: totally but i do think that the first step can be the hardest but it doesn't need to stay that way Mm -hmm. so yeah, i know we've spoken about like experimentation and it is easier for smaller enterprises to do that even have the entrepreneurial mindset and yeah evolve and with more pace but i definitely think try something you know put a time on it and do a retrospective and some of it might feel good you might keep that you might let go of other components of it but if something's not working, it's worth a try. Mm, yeah, absolutely.
0: So what's the next phase of evolution for you for you guys at PTHR? Like, you know, you've got all these amazing things going on, but, you know, as we talk about, there's always a, a, an evolution. So what's next?
1: Yeah, so
0: we co-create our strategy
1: and we'll be looking at our 2024 strategy at the end of the year. So I can't fully speak to that yet, but it feels like, The focus on spin-out enterprises and enabling everybody to really flourish through finding their purpose and bringing that, you know, as another enterprise um, is a strong focus. I quite often joke that we really want a world everywhere where our work isn't needed (laughs) because then people will, you know, find joy in their jobs, be flourishing, Um, but then at the same time, we're systems thinkers so we would still be needed because systems need to evolve right so I think that's where we are we're still evolving at the moment and things have been very busy and we've actually been looking more at our culture and being even more deliberate in how we culture build
0: so that's
1: a focus for us at
0: the moment. amazing and do you have any final words of wisdom or inspiration for our audience before we say our goodbyes I think irrespective
1: of you know how long you've been working for a self management really can be for everybody. So yeah, don't knock it until you try it and really listen to the stats and data out there, you know, so many reports you're reading, EY, McKinsey, you know, your big consultancy firms, they're saying that people are calling for more autonomy, they need more trust, more flexibility and self management is a is a really valuable frame to establish those conditions.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me, Castan. Thanks for having me, Lizzie. That was really fun.